Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. I, I love talking to you. And as soon as it came up and I was like, look at him with his mic. Where are you? I'm in, I'm in my side house. I don't have a back house, but oh. I, have like, I turned the garage into, setup. yeah. Into a little studio slash apartment. It's great. I love it. Yeah. Oh, this is great. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> my feeling is I want to jump right into it because I want to use as much of the hour as possible. Is okay. that good? Let's, let's, let's take the time you need. Let's let's do this. Okay. Um, I want to ask you about opening Christmas presents. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, you know, uh, was that, a voice, that was a voicemail I left you, huh? Yeah, that was a voicemail. Um, is it true that you really opened Christmas presents before Christmas and then wrapped them back up? Oh, man. I think, I think I've gotten better, but yeah, no, that, it was standard. If there was like presents under the tree, there, if there was one for me, I would just wait till no one was around. <laughs> Unwrap it, see what it was, wrap it back up. Just because I could not do surprise. Yeah. I just Which is, okay. So this I found funny because let's go back. Let's go back in time to the, to the Mars Hill days. Wasn't it like every week had to be a different surprise? Like, isn't that what, in part, what you were delivering? <laughs> a series of surprises. I mean, was there ever a Sunday that you, that, that wasn't an impulse? You know, I was having a burrito one time with a pastor yeah. in the era of what you speak and somehow i got onto well, what are you are you giving a sermon this week yeah what's your sermon on i remember him saying something like you know i just want to encourage my people and i really want them to feel exhorted and comforted and to know that and i was thinking in my head i'm hoping to completely blow the roof off the place and have people think absolutely totally different about whatever topic x or subject y do you know exactly. what i mean yeah, like yeah. i'm gonna try and set the place on fire and take everybody to the third astral plane and back <laughs> mm -hmm. i know that's what i'm saying that that's why i think it's so funny like one who can't handle any surprises is just cooking them up week after week after week um i will say that it was my birthday recently and mm. and when i came into the kitchen, there were a couple of presents on the table. This was uh, whatever, a couple, three weeks ago. And I didn't open them till the evening. Mm. And Kristen said, wow, this is like, that's, this is like a whole new day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so apparently we've made, a, we're a little better. <laughs> yeah. You just, you've really been growing. Maybe a um, little. Yeah. Okay, so I want to ask you about creativity since this is the realm. How many books have you written, Rob Bell? Uh, 11. I just wrote one and showed it to a publisher, and they, they were like, yeah, it's not that good. And I was like, yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> so there's actually one scene right here. There's a couple in my computer, but 11. That the 11. Let's say 11. How many tours? Oh man, a lot. Uh, I don't ton. I don't know ten, something like that. A bunch. And yeah. what? Uh, how many numas? I don't really know why I'm asking this. I'm just curious. All of a sudden. Uh oh, I made uh, twenty four. Okay. And what? What else? I mean, how many podcasts? What are you on? Uh, actually just this morning I did episode 312. And then, then we have to add all the sermons. That's a lot of creative material. How many sermons have you given? Have you ever thought about that? Oh my word. I was actually thinking about this the other day. I was, I was wondering how many, there's so many. Yeah. There was a, yeah, just so many. Yeah. Hundreds, hundreds, mm -hmm. easy. Yeah, I would assume you're in the thousands, probably yeah. at some point there. Yeah. Okay, this is a, I'll come back to this, but just a little rabbit trail. Um, what's the difference between giving a sermon and like doing a, doing a show 
um, a tour, something that you do kind of regularly? What's the like the what's the difference on on like the uh, deep level, not yeah, just yeah yeah right length or um, when when the idea first emerges, it already is simply bigger. It has a a wider volume to it, a, a tour, because like if you're on stage for two hours straight, the thing has to be able to fill that room and it's almost like it has more mass as mm -hmm. opposed. So right away when something appears, it's like, oh, that's a Robcast episode. A tour is just fundamentally different, different. Mm -hmm. It has like, it has to, same with the book, the initial arrival of even just the, the loose contours of it, it has a, a weight, a density, a mass, it has a power. It, it's something that it's just, it, it's like it's fingerprints different. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like, oh, I already know it will take just, I'll have to live with it for so much longer. I'll, I'll get to walk with it. There will be so much more to explore to it so that it will actually be up to the event. So are you saying something like wherever ideas come from, maybe you could tell us since you have quite a, a record of cooking things up. Um, but when they come to you, they, they want a certain form. Is that what you're saying? Or they suggest, or they, or are you just saying they have a certain weight and the weight feels like, well, this is bigger than that or heavier than that. Yeah. Right, or, right, right. The, the, and, and a number of people, have, I've, I've noticed a number of people have asked this question. I would, I would make a distinction between essence and form that when an idea appears, there is the idea. And then there is secondly, the form that it takes. And that as you go along, you build a musculature. In my experience, the essence you are sooner and sooner, you're able to identify what form, what it is. Is this a, this, is this a book, a film, is whatever it is. And I, I still swing and miss on a regular basis, like really it appeared in one form and then over time I was like, oh, but most of the time and, and asking people questions, I've noticed for most people, if they're quiet with the idea and, and live with it, its form is right in there with the essence. But those, that's a distinction that I think it's important to make just because sometimes I've met people who are like trying to write a book and they can't get the book. They can't. And then you say, well, I've even said to people, is this a process? you take people through hmm. and like instantly I've watched people go, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. And suddenly the thing is a completely, then they just have flow. Then it's like, Oh yeah, this is a Saturday morning. This is a weekend thing. This is a once a week for two months. Like, um, like, like somehow the form constricts the yes. idea. And so it can't yeah. breathe or something. And it's, and it's completely normal when, if everybody around you is talking about podcasts, or if everybody like it's it's normal that uh that you might just assume it is a form, but I've just noticed how many people get tripped up because of assumptions about well, obviously this is a just go wait, hold on, maybe that's the problem. Let's just sit with that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe it wants to be something else. Yeah, I'm eighty thousand words into a, a new book, which s seems like a lot of words, and it just I just it's done. It's like I I had to stop. I have no idea. Like it just, it yeah. ran out of life. It ran out of life. I don't know if it will come back. I don't, mm. I don't know if it needs another form. I just set it down. That's it. I'm not, I'll pick it up later maybe and see if it comes back. But this, I'm not talking about 80,000 words of struggle. I'm, I'm talking about, no, like something was happening and then, then it wasn't. And I'm not being yeah. super mystical about it. I mean, like actually kind of practical about it. It just, right. right. Does that happen to you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Sometimes it's like a fire hose, but, but you, you're, what is, what is this? Where did this come from? What, what, does, 
what is its shape? What does it want to be that uh, the great American architect, Louis Kahn, before he would design a building, when asked, what does this building want to be? Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I'll interview it. I'll How? treat it like it How? already How? exists. What are you? What do you, what do you want to be? Do you do this in your imagination or I mean, I'm like, really, how do you do that? Um, Let me think of an example. I, I over, over on that wall, I previously, uh, over the past couple of months, I had tons and tons of colored post-it notes that I thought was a book. Mm. And I just kept arranging them on the wall until I was like, oh yeah, there's a, there's a book there. And then I started writing it and I was like, doesn't, it doesn't, just didn't have the thing. So I was like, what do you want to be? And then a book also was like, oh, that's like, it would be so long before it would ever come out. And so I was like sitting there in that chair, Mm -hmm. looking at that wall, seeing the whole thing mapped out, trying to figure out why it didn't work. What, what are you inviting me into? I'm trying to think of other questions I would have asked it. Really? Why does yeah. it all, why did it all come so fast? Why are there so, there's a whole book on the wall and yet it doesn't seem to have the feeling of other books that had a beginning, middle and end. Why is it that I know exactly what I'm saying? And I also have this feeling like I don't know what I'm doing with it. And I want some sort of, it feels like it wants to engage more. And I don't even know what that means. So it's almost like a series of questions. I didn't really mean. And then I started thinking, what if I wrote the first section online? live and then what if i wrote it online like mm-hmm. live like every couple of days put the next section on yeah would the immediacy you're gonna start blogging that's what you're saying I, that, what, what, yeah <laughs> what's 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 why it's funny parentheses also called blogging although one of my books i did write on tumblr and it really got uh um this was in 2013 every couple of days i wrote the next section and it somehow got me out of my head and just got the words coming. Hmm. Um, so that's what I mean by interviewing it is it's something mm-hmm. you almost like you're, you can't 80,000 words. You're something so yeah, it's like a something. large gorilla know. that parked itself on your front porch. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so as opposed to, are you something you, you just move to, okay, you're something. What yeah. are you? what do you want to be? Do you want to be some, hmm. um, is this audio? Is this visual? Is this a live thing? Is this a, uh, an event? Is this a, okay. So as the- let's say the, the form is starting to, or somehow the idea is suggesting a certain kind of form. Does the idea start morphing the idea as a separate thing? Does it start morphing or does the idea feel more secure than the form? And maybe, maybe this is not a distinction worth making. I'm just curious. Actually, as the form announces itself, then it's almost like it's the clothing that the idea can grow into. Mm, okay. So the idea then just gets like, gets its, uh, start it, that the idea finds its feet. It finds its hands. It's, it's starting to, it's starting to. Yeah. It incarnates somehow. In yeah. The form. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. So this is kind of related to, um, well, Jung says people don't have ideas. Ideas have us. So that's, that's a, <laughs> kind of, there's lots of avenues to get there. Or, or your friend, Elizabeth Gilbert or Liz, uh, what does she say? She says something like ideas want to be born. I mean, do you, is, what do you think of that? What do you think of that? Are, are they autonomous, independent, floating beings out there and they they're looking for hosts. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we don't have to take her that seriously, but she seems to believe something like this. And you're kind of saying something like that, that ideas come to you from where, I don't know. You, I'm, we're still waiting. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but then they seem to want something that's a lot different than yeah. um, I want to make something. You know, I think that's how people think about creative people. They sit around saying, I'm going to do this thing. And, but it seems you're describing much more like a conversation and it's almost like the idea has a kind of autonomy. What, what, what do you, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And I I think that you develop the imagery that works for you. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So like, uh, yeah, so yeah. As, as long as we're quoting people we love, David Byrne, <laughs> David Byrne has this book about music uh, where he says, some people think that a song is like, oh, it's in my heart and it came out of me and I just gave it expression. It's mm -hmm. just sort of, this is what I have to say. And he's like, no, you're basically commenting on everything around you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I, might, I would say like, yeah, you're just duct taping together all of these. Um, so the degree to which it's, it's an impelling force, meaning it rises up within you, the degree to which you're simply connecting a bunch of external things that you've seen that ha nobody has connected before. Some people say that science is the taking apart of things to be surprised by what they actually are in art is the attaching of things that previously hadn't been attached mm -hmm. to produce something that surprises you. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I, I think you choose your uh, certain images work at certain times. And why, why does um, even think about a s story? I just finished um, my third play and the main character's name is Ralph. <laughs> His name is Ralston Brown horse. Mm -hmm. And he is sitting on a plane next to a woman named Gloria story. And there's a girl named Tina Buncher who comes on the plane. I don't know where these people came from. Yeah, I don't know seriously. anybody named Ralston Brownhorse. <laughs> I don't know why he's Scottish and wears a dark green anorak and why he has been making YouTube videos about quantum physics. I don't, I don't know. Mm. <laughs> so mm -hmm. there's a, there's, so there's, there's two things going on. It is a great mystery why certain things enter our awareness and these were your parents. This is who you talked to yesterday. This is what, like the book that you read recently, this is the pain that you experienced because of that relationship breaking your heart three years ago. Like we can sort of trace it perfectly. And mm -hmm. it's a, to me, it exists in this perfect fusion of, I have no idea where that came. And mm -hmm. I kind of exactly know mm -hmm. why. Mm -hmm. So that's, that helps me create a polarity that I move among depending on which one I need. Hmm. Yeah. Very interesting. I mean, this, to me, I find this very fascinating. Um, oh, here's an example. Can I give you an okay. example from yeah, this week? Yeah. yeah. A guy said to me, how do you make anything? Don't you just feel like you're adding to a giant pile of content on the internet? That's just drowning everybody. Don't you just like, what's the point of anything when millions of people are just adding to this giant pile? Mm, yeah. Good question. What'd you how say? How do you even, how do you, I mean, how do you even make all this con? Why, how do you even, why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> and well, my answer to him, I, I paused for a while because I thought it was a wonderful because you could feel his history in the question, his questions in the question. I said, well, I don't call it content. I call it my life. Mm. And so, yeah. <laughs> um, what do you mean by that? Like, um, but, but what's, but here's, here's your question about ideas. It, uh, I thought of when Solomon builds the temple and he does the, this prayer where he dedicates the temple mm -hmm. and he says, I'm building this great giant temple. I've spent all this money. I want you to be really impressed. God, although I know that this temple can't contain you. Mm -hmm. There's like a, it's a giant ostentatious, massively expensive gesture in which the prayer of dedication is filled with. Now I know this won't work. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a futility <laughs> baked into his prayer. It's not mm -hmm. like this silly building that I made mm -hmm. could contain the formless infinite in any yeah. way. Yeah. It's almost like he's winking to the futility of it all, but God, is it fun to build stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I, you uh, could say he's inspired in a way to be in the process of building, even though it's kind of futile, it'll be destroyed. It's like other right, buildings. Right, 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 right. So in some senses, like almost if you trace the way idea came, I thought about his question. I thought of some reason I thought about that story. And I thought, I wonder if I just made peace with the futility of my efforts a while ago so that I could just get on with the joy of it. Yeah. Well, sermons help with that. That's yes. my experience because they're right. so, they're so disposable. It's like, you can really, you can, 
you can have one Sunday and you're like that, that was it. I, I, I let it Look fly. At these people. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well it's Monday. And I guess I got to cook something else up and people by the next Sunday have already forgotten or are misquoting you. Um, or reminding you of what you said when that's not what you said, you know? So it's like, <laughs> it's, I'm sure I told you the story that a guy came up. I'm sorry. I keep going. I didn't mean to no, no, I'm done. Uh, yeah. A guy came up to me at Mars Hill after a sermon. And this was one of those guys who was there every single week. Mm-hmm. He came up to me one time and he smiled and he paused and I mm-hmm. smiled and he said, and he held out as a Bible and he said, Bible. And he smiled and paused and I smiled and paused. And then he said, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. (laughs) What in the world? Basic instructions, B-I-B-L. And I remember just thinking, why do I even do what I do? Yeah. This, this, I have made no dent whatsoever. Mm -hmm. Every single bit of my effort. Yeah. So, uh, I think that's actually you uh, it's like you make peace. It's like the ones who have made peace with the fertility might actually be able to help a little, who knows? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, we're not as attached, I guess. So that question from the guy and Mm -hmm. then thinking about it later and Solomon's thing. And the, I had never thought about his story in terms of almost like, uh, I realized this temple wasn't really going to do it. Um, that's probably a thing that probably be that that's probably becomes my guess is a, a Robcast episode that probably becomes a sermon of sorts. Mm-hmm. Um, I can, I can already see that's already got a couple things that are talking to each other. Yeah. That might, that might be a thing. And that's been my experience is that something strikes you and it connects with something else and it starts talking to something else. And mm-hmm. they, there seems to be a dynamic tension and life in among these various elements. And that's, uh, it's like a seed gets planted and it starts to grow, becomes yeah. something. And then at what, and then at a certain point you're what seized with the, I don't know, seized sounds a bit formal, but I mean, you just wake up and say, this is the podcast I'm going to make today or. Yeah, that's a great, question yeah at some point it starts to i start to become aware that there isn't more it's starting to be what it's going to be Mm. and it's a very subtle shift from yeah let's see look at that one let's take a look at it again oh yeah huh it starts to become oh yeah that's that that's what it is that's Mm. what i have that's what i have about that Mm-hmm. Uh, some sense that it's not it's not finished finished isn't the word but but that's what that is almost mm-hmm. like that's what it is mm-hmm. that, that's the way to say it as opposed mm-hmm. to in relation to other things in relation to itself that's that's a thing right there mm-hmm. i know it's it sounds it's very vague so it's as much feeling as it is analysis mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. my experience which is why talking about it can be a little tricky because I don't exactly know what the analysis, what the criteria was other than it felt like it was ready to go. Hmm. <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Okay. Yeah, I do. I do. Or I have some sense. I think, mm, okay. I, let me tell you what it's like sometimes for me, public speaking. And I want to know if it, this is, this happens to you or if you're on a different, um, planet or something. So I have, like, if I'm just very practical, I have a few ideas or images, sometimes quotes, a kind of map. That's what I go to. If I'm going to give a talk, a sermon, a podcast, even I have a rough outline of the terrain I want to cover, but it's not exactly clear to me how all the pieces fit together. I have some sense, like I feel like, well, I'm capable of wandering around in this terrain for a while, but I'm curious what might happen in the moment as I'm beginning to say the words out loud. 
Like what else might occur to me that might inform? It's like, it's like I'm trying to expose myself to other things that, that will arise. I need enough of a map in order to even start, but I'm, I feel like I'm always trying to walk this little line of, of being open enough in the moment to be surprised by something or something might happen in the room if it's a live thing or something might um, have happened that morning or something I heard on the radio or some song or these are the the elements that seem to like uh, almost magically inform the thing as it's taking shape in the moment. But so, I mean, do you ever speak in that way or is that not really something that you're doing when you're giving a talk? Or maybe it depends on the kind of talk. Um, I would say that when I started, uh, uh, what you're identifying is the relationship between structure and spontaneity mm-hmm. and structure breeds spontaneity. I would say now when I started out structure, when I started uh, out yeah. as outlined and thought through and memorized would you, I, pra- would you practice it? Mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, not as much like saying out loud the sentences, but, but going through the structure over and over again so that I, I knew it cold. That, mm-hmm. that, there were years and years and years of the sermon was memorized. Mm-hmm. I, can, um, I, can, uh, I can affirm that because back in the old days when you would give three sermons or four, three at least, uh, they weren't exactly the same emotionally every time. Sometimes there were differences yep. there, but more or less, if it was going to be 43 minutes, it was going to be 43 minutes. And <laughs> <laughs> seriously, and yeah, and yeah. you would cover the same. So yeah, that, that makes a yeah. lot of sense. And I think I had in my head, I, I wanted to be somebody who said things and thought about them and put a great deal of intention into what I was doing. Um, so, uh, Mm. a whole lot of structure and a bit of spontaneity here and there, but I would, I was headed somewhere Mm -hmm. and I wanted people to know it and feel it and see it and experience it. Um, I'm probably now I am still, there would be a structure for sure, but it would have a lot more spaces Mm -hmm. for what happens. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. 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 And this, uh, like this, this tour I'm starting next week is I've never done anything like what I'm doing. Yeah. Tell me about it. I want to ask you about that. So you're doing everything is spiritual round three. three. I guess it was a book round four. If you include the book is three. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, Ken, I had a, this is actually right. According to your question at the end of the tour in 2019, back in the old world, I finished that tour. I think that was 40 cities around the world. And I remember getting done, walking off stage and thinking I'm done with that and not knowing what I meant by that. Obviously the tour is done, but there's some sort of stand on stage and talk for two hours and then walk off. And hopefully people are moved, inspired, et cetera. Just had some sense like I've taken that as far as I could take it. And then over all this pandemic and lockdown, just started I really really missed people and event talking but I started to what if what if there's a whole new way to approach this in which the structure was like shared with me in the audience somehow <laughs> so I started thinking about so I've, I've been doing it in backyards mm. um, I just done it a couple times this past month in backyards and it, I'm really it's uh is it working i mean is this kind of exchange I, I, honestly the first time i tried i don't think i've been that nervous in 30 years really I was absolutely like what do you do it felt like totally like starting over like i don't know what, what were you afraid of what were you afraid would happen that it would flop or I mean, what what exactly yeah exactly these are all, <laughs> exactly these are all the questions about um that feeling like what do you that that still small voice that goes what are you doing you could have yeah. just come up and helped these people and said some stuff instead you 
you got to keep, you just can't be content. You got to keep exploring. You got to keep. Yeah, mm -hmm, I do. So I've learned to, to talk to the fear as well. Like when the mm -hmm. fear is like, you know, that could happen. I know it could. Um, mm -hmm. I would literally practice. I, I would prepare for this tour. Like this summer, I would sit in this chair right here mm -hmm. and conjure up the feeling of losing the audience. Do you know that feeling when you've lost mm -hmm. the audience? When you, yes. when you, when, when you don't, when it's not going well, I would conjure up that feeling and then sit in it and go, okay, if this feeling comes up, what do you do with this? We work with it. We mm. go with it. We fun. Yeah. Like that was actually preparing for this was way less about the standard. What are you saying? Then what are you saying? Then what are you saying? And much more about the feeling. Cause this whole thing requires that I am present for the entire show. Well, present, present. I, what is it? What does that mean? Present in a, a different way? Present to what? I'm so excited for you to see the show, by the way. <laughs> At some point, I don't know how much to give away. But, yeah, well, I don't want you. Yeah, yeah, you can keep things uh, as secret as you want. After it's all, you're really fun. Yeah, it's really fun doing doing it in these backyards and having mm. just after people going. I don't. What what just happened? Mm -hmm. And none of these shows will be the. No show will be like any of the other shows. Mm -hmm. Like just watching people having never seen it. Someone do this, mm -hmm. say. It's like they don't, we, we get things even if we've never seen them, which I think is fascinating. Yeah. Have you lost the audience yet or hasn't it happened? Um, one of the interesting questions to me is, is there some way from the beginning to set up the whole experience so that everybody's in it together, creating it so that it's not as much me losing as all of us wondering together where it goes next. Like, okay. could you change even yeah, those like dynamics? This. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so just imagine, well, I'll just, I'll just tell you a little bit. Imagine if the show began, let's say you're going to have a talk and there's seven things you're going to say, mm -hmm. or like my two hour thing had, you know, there were like 18 move movements that it went through. Imagine if the different elements were objects and they were handed out. Mm-hmm to the audience and imagine if I said things to the audience and handing them to the audience, like here, here's a, and then I handed them something to somebody in the audience and said, tell me when it's time for this. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I like this. Yeah. So and then you're, then you're a participant in the entire experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's the, yeah, that's, that's how it's, I took all the normal pieces that would have an, a clear trajectory and a clear direction. And then they just get handed out and then it, everybody together follows something. Mm -hmm. So the point becomes a thing that's happening rather than a, a thing I'm trying to get you to see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wonder why this want, why this form if that's the right word for it, wants to come forth right now. Like I just, I wonder. Yeah, I have. I actually already have strong ideas about this. Yeah. I think that it, um, I think that I find people more fascinating than ever. Mm -hmm. um, you once yeah, said same, to me, same. Rob, I, your sermons are nice, but when you get surprised in the midst of your sermon, that's actually the coolest part. I said that, huh? Yeah, you're like, you, he's like, you retain the ability to be surprised in the midst of your own sermon. And, yeah. and that's actually, you, you were very encouraged. You were, you had really great things to say about that. You were very encouraging. And that mm. stuck with me. I've quoted that to many people often, but mm. so I think it's something about, um, I don't want to just listen to myself talk for two hours. Mm -hmm. I, I, I want to see where this goes. And then secondly, I think that it is something about my kids and the world and people like me listening and learning hmm. and even using the standard, you bought a ticket for my show. Okay. I'm going to, I, I'm going to pick up some things from you. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing. Of a sense mm -hmm. that there's a, a, what, what do white guys, older white guys, do in this world uh, you know what i mean <laughs> how about listen or how about create spaces where 
things happen that I, I don't know. It's something about that's, that's something mm-hmm. about it as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, in a different way, my life has taken some surprising turns in this direction too. like working with people one-on-one or in wilderness settings um, and particularly with dreams. It's, I have no, especially with a dream, obviously, I don't know what someone's going to share. Like, I have no idea. They don't even know in a sense. They didn't even go to sleep and plan to have a dream. So you're just like working with what is emerging. And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because I used to have this feeling uh, talking with someone about a dream or sometimes about um, like a numinous or, you know, kind of mystical experience in out in nature that, that surprised them in some way that um, when they would start talking, the feeling is something like, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I, it's not, it's not like, give me the data and I'll, I'll spit it back to you in a way that, you know, makes sense. And I'll turn it into a metaphor and a symbol and then give you three points. It doesn't work that way. Like you have, my, my experience is you have to relax into not really knowing what this thing is, particularly with a dream and letting it have an effect on, on both people, on the one communicating, on the one saying, well, here's the, here, here's the dream or here's the experience. And also in the moment, also I'm affected by that. I'm caught up in the dream, so to speak. And it's, it's, and the whole thing is emerging. And when you're right on that edge where both parties are in this kind of like emerging conversation, it's very life-giving and it feels right. It feels much more right than, Hey, this is something I've thought about in the past and I've got Mm, this little mm, idea mm -hmm, and I want mm -hmm. you to take this idea and go do something with it. It's, it's like a co-created unfolding that requires deep, deep listening that, that I'm, that I have a lot of, I have to, I have a lot of learning to do in that respect. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Oh yeah. Yeah. And what you, what you have learned and the accumulated wisdom you have gained is with you. And it only comes out of you if it's in response to a moment in which that might help. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Whatever authority you have submits to the present moment and the thing Mm -hmm. that's happening in the present moment, Mm -hmm. which because a lot of people is like, yeah, well, it's nice, but some people do know some stuff. Yeah, great. We'll get it from them. We'll get it from them when we need it. It'll yeah. be there. It'll be there when we need it. It's not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Oh, I love that. Yes. I very, yeah, I very much relate to that. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of want to ask a very, like a really simple question. Like what is, what's the day like? for Rob Bell. How do you, what's your day like that? And I'm asking this because, because of all that we're saying about creative energy and where it comes from the kind of mysterious nature. And and also I imagine if you're like a normal person, you want to live a meaningful life and you want to be doing meaningful things. And um, I don't know, what's, what's your, what's your life like? What's your life like now that's different than before 2019 or something like that? Yeah. What a great question. I take Violet to school in the morning. She's in junior high and then I pick her up. So there's a window Hmm. of daytime between taking her to school and picking her up. And uh, that's generally when there's uh, that's generally when I do some work. And it's generally, I have a list. I had, I actually made a list today because I had a couple of things I was thinking about. Um, I'm, I, I move, I think slower than other people. Hmm. I think that, uh, I think I'm a half step slower. I noticed that like, if I went to mail a box at the UPS store, there's a guy there who builds the crates when people like want to send build big stuff, he has like a little shop. And if I like ride up on my bike, he always wants to talk and it's always (laughs) great. He always has (laughs) very interesting things to say. And so I think somewhere in the past couple of years, I want to be able to stop and talk with him. Mm. Like, what am I rushing to? He's the gold. Yeah. So I, I, um, 
I don't have a busy calendar. This is what I'm doing today, talking yeah. to you. Mm. I, I don't plan lots of things. It's very quiet. If I drive in the car, I don't listen. I might call you. I might call a friend. Otherwise, I don't listen to music. I don't listen to podcasts. Hmm. There isn't a lot of noise. It's very quiet. And there's lots of wide open spaces. Is that is that new? At the past couple of years, I noticed. Past three years, four years, maybe. I just noticed it just kept empty. Empty space just kept getting more interesting. Hmm. And being able to follow an idea and live with it and see where it wanted to take me Hmm. and not be in any sort of rush. So I'm not busy. Hmm. Um, I'm not. That's what you're supposed to say. Oh, I've just been so busy. Yeah. I I became very, um, I came to see that as a great malaise resting upon so many people. Yeah. Um, so honestly, yeah, I, I move quite slowly and there's not that much going on. And then I'll like next week I'll start, I'll go out for a couple of do I'll do, I'll go to Seattle, I'll go to Portland, then I'll come home. Then a couple weeks later, I'll go out in Detroit and Chicago and Columbus. I only go out for a couple of nights for tour and then come right home mm-hmm. and then I'm here. And I walk the dog every morning. It's a very, um, I just noticed that's what was the most interesting thing. And I noticed all sorts of new things were coming out Mm. that are really interesting to me. You know, that's, that's kind of surprising. I mean, in the sense of that's not how you imagine that someone who is creative and lives in LA is going to live their life. I mean, is that how other, I'm just, I'm now curious, does the, Mm. the vibe you're describing, does it fit in LA? Is the culture around you? Like, what's it like? Oh, you know what? It's really interesting. You say that. I have the people that everybody has heard of that are here in Los Angeles, making the things that everybody's watching and seeing. Mm Mm-hmm. I had never really connected this. No, just encountering a number of those folks and seeing how they actually live is probably a part of it because the people who everybody thinks are like really killing it are kind of a wreck. <laughs> I how just so? saw this a wreck in what so way? many. Um, the drive, if you're here in LA and you the people who everybody hears about, the publicist, the stylist, the manager, the business manager, the strategy, the agent, the television agent, the movie agent, the touring, like the, the, the machinery to put yourself in front of people, mm-hmm. how much work that takes mm-hmm. is mind-blowing and the people who the people listening to your podcast have heard about and they seem to always be in our collective internet space Mm -hmm. you know what i mean yeah um what that takes the level of drive and ambition and energy and the number of those people who would give anything to have a day to not be serving that beast Mm -hmm. I think I, I think in some ways Kristen and I saw that up close and I developed a conviction that I oh I I would love it if my work in some ways freed people from those ideas. Hmm. Like you and I talk about a magical other in relation mm-hmm. in like a relationship. Yeah. It's like a magic, it's like a magical it. If you just had if you were just this big and had this many followers, I met I've I've met those people. Yeah, it's it's sad and shocking how often what it took just just it's I guess I just saw it up close. Yeah, I mean, it's like Jesus <laughs> gain the world and lose your soul. I mean, that's the that's yeah. the, that's the gamble. Um, yeah, yeah, it's that's almost really cartoonish. The cliche, the cl- I think it's just how cliche it actually is. Mm. 
it's like mm-hmm. a sermon for, sermon from the 80s you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah. where it's like money won't it won't set no actually it really doesn't it, yeah. it makes people <laughs> like yeah. some sermons from the 80s were right <laughs> yeah. 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 um i think that i can i actually think that's part of it yeah just yeah. um so like if you go up the if you go to look if you go for help on um, if you climb up the mountain to the cave to get help from the guru mm-hmm. and you climb and you sit down across the fire from the guru and the first thing the guru says to you is, do you know how I can get more Instagram followers? <laughs> yeah. You're like, God, I got to go higher up the mountain. <laughs> I got to, I got to go next. I got to go up above the tree line apparently. Yeah. So I, 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 something happened for me a couple of years ago where hmm. if you're playing the same game, as everyone else then you can't you don't have much help yeah and honest and honestly the when i think about like when were thing when were things like the when was the least enjoyable creative experience i've ever had hmm. the hmm. promotional tour for love wins okay because, because it was a, like packaged up and um, because of- the way that media when when media decides you're interesting mm-hmm. the way that it works conflict is interesting so mm-hmm. first off you're you're having stories about you because it's conflict so you've been trying just to do good work to help people mm-hmm. but it's the fact that somebody somewhere has an issue with you that is suddenly why people are interested so it's mm-hmm. not even reflective of why you've been doing what you're doing mm-hmm. and then the way media works is there's a publicist who is trying, who is pitching you. So mm. even energetically, somebody somewhere is pitching you const- all day long. Mm. And then try, it's almost like throwing stones against a window, mm-hmm. uh, which is fine. God bless all the you know, publicists can be wonderful. But if you're, if you're the person, then at any moment, the, if like so-and-so needs you to be in New York, so-and-so would like you to be on. So there's no rhythm of life. Mm -hmm. It's like, you're just trying to keep up with a moment. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's the, and so at any moment, it's like, okay, we booked you a 4am. Got to be at the airport tomorrow at four because you're going to this place. Then we booked a second ticket after that to get you to Minneapolis because these people want to have a, so just make sure to mention like, um, Mm -hmm. which is what it's people doing their jobs. So it's fine. But I just, um, it's not interesting anymore. Yeah. I, I'm afraid that the fantasy, the magical it is growing. I mean, yes, not, not shrinking yes. in our culture. Yeah. And, and if people saw what it actually, yeah, I just wish people could see what it's really like because it would quite quickly it destroy would... <laughs> them, <laughs> disappoint them. No. Yeah. Um, so I think that's all probably that's all served why the most compelling thing to me is just the next things, making them, making them available, Mm -hmm. going out and talking to the next group of people, just talking to you today. is just, yeah, it's wonderful. Do you ever think about like the church anymore? Or do people ask you about the church, meaning church with a capital C or? Um, once in a great while although whenever somebody uses that phrase the church i always ask them because there's always a a narrative in the in a question and if you don't get a little bit of the narrative then you're just guessing at what question they're really asking i'll always just say church you mean syrian orthodox do you mean guatemalan pentecostal what what they're crushing it um, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mm-hmm. mean? And, and generally what the person is referring to, and oftentimes they'll laugh and I'll say, what do you mean by that word? They'll, they often will smile and then refer to a very specific group of people hmm. that they come from. Yeah. In fact, I'm not even sure why I'm asking that. It just, it, it doesn't come on to my radar very often, except Occasionally in conversations with people, they'll ask me about the church or do I go to church or, um, and I, and I have to say too, I think a lot of people in my circles 
are have strained relationships with individual churches mm-hmm. and either they're out of here like i don't want anything to do with this or they want to be reformers it's usually some somewhere on that that continuum um and i mean i guess why i'm asking it now is that i mean you spent a good portion of your life concerned about a, I guess a specific church is that is that even true or were you concerned about other things and yeah what what question am I fishing for here no it's a great no that's a great question how is it that something that I did mm-hmm. and was like a pro we were yeah, like totally. premier, we were like premier league man <laughs> definitely we weren't like <laughs> Bolton or like New South Brunswick or whatever we were like <laughs> we went like Chelsea, Liverpool, yeah, like, definitely. We were like Premier League. Yeah. Um, why yeah, is it you, something? Are you going to be Ronaldo and come back to Manchester United <laughs> and start a what? mega church in, in, in LA? <laughs> what is, um, how is it? Yeah, we like did something. And then yeah. I guess at 40, I just kept going to do other things and just mm-hmm. haven't ever, haven't, I've, it's not a part of life. Mm-hmm. So, so I noticed that when people would ask that question, sometimes I would say, what are we doing now, right now? Yeah. <laughs> so, so there's like the yeah. sort of sardonic attempt to be clever answer. Mm-hmm. Then I, uh, I noticed, and then there's the long drawn out, well, I notice when people ask that question, half people ask the question, uh, are asking about their own involvement and whether it's still a valid thing to which right, i would right, respond right. if you need to ask me that's <laughs> then you're that's involved. just pathetic and another <laughs> half were looking for some sort of permission slip to not be a part of something they were a part of once mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. fine but if you need me for permission slip once again that's something you can just do for yourself so mm-hmm. um yeah I, and then just some things work for some people and mm-hmm. i i i just think the word church as a whole it's always going to be dying and always going to be resurrecting. Mm. There will always be some expressions that simply don't work anymore. Yeah. Um, there will always be new expressions of people telling you they don't want anything to do with the church. They just get together with friends mm-hmm. to read poetry and have meals and they pitch <laughs> in their meeting for like, yeah, of course. I also think it's an unprecedented moment we are in where the former president said that he was a Christian mm-hmm. and churches elected <clears throat> that person and were widely known as supportive of a whole number of things that are 5 million miles away from anything Jesus ever had in mind. Mm-hmm. So, so the, the windshield is fogged mm-hmm. um, right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there is mass, uh, uh, what the word is confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a feedback loop when the guitar amp gets turned up too high. So, yeah. you know, what's what's been surprising me in the last couple of years is that <clears throat> I'm not, I'm not really drawn to questions about personally about church or how to do it or how not to do it or what's where we are in the life, death, life cycle of these things. I'm, I just don't find them that, that interesting, but I thought because I'm sort of in this place in life that all of the other questions about, which are really theological questions, like who is God and how do we speak about God and think about God? I kind of thought those would all go by the wayside too, but that's what's actually been surprising me. Like the, in some ways I feel like personally I'm getting closer to even asking the right kinds of questions about mm. God and about, even about mm. theology. Like if someone even 10 years ago, 15 years ago would say, let's talk about theology, but like, Oh God, talk about theology, <laughs> you know, but um, there, I don't know. I, I just feel like maybe because the windshield is fogged and people have just, are just getting out of the car. It's like, well, what is, what is my raw, raw experience? I think that's, what is my raw experience of the divine? Or do I even have one? Do I not have one? Um, are there any trusted voices speaking about their raw experience of the divine? And 
does God change? Uh, is God evolving? Is I mean, these are really complex. And I think, and God is not going away. That's what's so funny about the, the mass quote secularization of our culture. You know, it's just actually, it's just the questions around God, the divine nature, mystery, reality with a capital R. It's like just in the, in the, we're in the cauldron right now. And I just, I'm surprised my own attraction toward wanting to get clearer, even about things that I believe. I mean, I, how many times I've said over the last few years, it's not about belief, but then at a certain point, I think, yeah, right. Well, right. Okay. Well, right, <laughs> thanks for right. the, thanks for sharing that belief, you know? Um, <laughs> yes. So, you know, I do this yeah. Robcast. This, this is the Bible that I used at Mars Hill. I'm holding up. Oh yeah. I literally, Look how worn this thing is. I, I did a sermon this morning for the Robcast from the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 2, one line from that. So, so I love what you just said. I could, I, it's 2021. Mm-hmm. We're in the tail end of a pandemic. I'm here in Los Angeles on a beautiful sunny day. And the most interesting thing to me <laughs> was to like work through this passage. Yeah. And even the old, that joke, I'm sure I did 20 years ago about scholars don't know who wrote the book of Hebrews, but I would just say she had a lot to say. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Even a dumb authoritarian, you know, authorial joke yeah. made its way. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and um, actually that, that, that when I thought about writing this book this fall online, I thought I would start with there's 900 ligaments in your body. And you and I have talked about, I think that ligament holds your bones together. And the, mm-hmm. the Latin is ligare. Mm-hmm. Um, so where we get this word religion. Yeah, yeah. Religion holds us together that we're, we're more religious than ever. There are capital R religions, Islam, mm-hmm. Christianity, but then the small R, like your friend Chuck golfs religiously yeah. That's funny yeah. and also very profound. It holds him together. It does. Yeah. He yeah. goes outside. <laughs> he spends time with some friends. He's away from the office and it yeah. like helps hold Chuck together. Definitely. So we yeah. are more religious than ever. Mm-hmm. Science is its own wonderful form of religion. It helps hold us together. Mm-hmm. Um, but you are so right. The, the giant questions that everybody's still talking about like you and I come from a lineage that has really just aw- like awesome things to say about some of these mm-hmm. questions. Definitely. And still, still I, I like guides me and centers me and it's shaped. Mm-hmm. I swear the other day I was talking to somebody, the Genesis one poem is like a pair of glasses I'm wearing. Mm-hmm. It's, it's how I, it's so profoundly shapes how I see the world. Yeah. And it's funny because time is, weird anyway. I mean, if it's, yep. if it's a 14.5 billion year old universe, then Genesis was like written this morning you know? <laughs> or like yeah, well, three yeah, seconds well, ago, honestly. And it, just in terms of, I mean, we think we're sophisticated because we have a lot more data and we can fly around in spaceships, but it's like the, some of these profound hard won insights from our spiritual ancestors are are like, like I said, they were written yesterday from the, from the point of view of our psyche. Absolutely. Um, Once you lose, once you come to see time as a construct, how, once you see time as how the mind tries to make sense of events, hmm. but there's that time is nothing absolute or as Einstein said, it's persistent illusion. Hmm. Once you realize that the person living on a mountain, time is moving faster for them than the person in the Valley because they're farther from the center of the earth. And then you're no longer feel like you're just being nostalgic or retro. That's what happened to me. Like, or like you're just stuck in the past. No, I just am aware that the past can only be present to us in the present. Um, so these ancient stories, that's the only place that trace does this great thing about how the only place a memory can ab- ever happen is now. Yeah. So everything yeah. that you call history is an appearance within this present moment. Yeah. You're living in the past. No, I'm living right now. I'm just, I'm living right now. I'm, and this is the only place history can ever be. Yeah. Um, so once you, once you follow the science of time, mm-hmm. like you're saying, then these ancient texts are free to just do whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. That's, I mean, I love that the back, the book of Leviticus is, is basically about how do you order a new world? Mm-hmm. I know you were in the, you, you were in Egypt. Egypt is ordered a particular way. These people own these people. Mm-hmm. Now you could reorder it. How do you want to reorder it? Well, here, here, here's a better way to order it. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are all the questions we're asking right now. Mm-hmm. How do you arrange the world? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I do want to land the plane here somewhere. I, I wanted, I thought of a question I wanted to ask you because I think about you as a kind of person who has been interviewed a lot. I mean, I don't think I'm making that up for all kinds of various things. And I mean, it's, it, this is, it's kind of a strange question, but I'd like, I'd like to ask you, what do you wish people would be asking you about? I mean, I'm interested. I want to talk about creativity and where ideas come from and just see where it goes. I mean, to have a, uh, the conversations we usually have on the phone on a podcast, but. Um, do we, do we achieve that? I think so. I think, uh, yeah, I, I mean, my feeling was. There was some uh, looking behind the curtain that felt good to me. So, um, but I, 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 have, I okay. What, what I have another answer to your question about all that? Um, I like I just turned in. I think the eleventh version of one of my plays to this theater that we're looking to do a, a development run in. Um, and I was talking with a friend of mine who writes television shows. I was like, and he was asking how the play was going. I said, yeah, I just doing like a, I think we're getting close here. It's like 10th or 11th rewrite. And he laughed mm. at how few rewrites that was. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's like, that's what I was like, you know, so I only got about 10. Re- He's like, yeah, I mean, like 10 rewrites, 10 rounds of notes for him was like, now you're, now you're, now you're, that's a good start. Mm-hmm. And I, if people could see that things get made over long periods of time with slow, steady wax at it, mm-hmm. patient, slow, sustainable wax. So somebody's like, dude, I was up all right, man. I was up all night, man. I was just on fire with stuff. <laughs> Great. That means the next day you have like a, like a creation hangover. So um, there's the, like an emotional excitement and then there's the long, slow, steady joy mm-hmm. that you just take another little whack at it and another <laughs> little whack at it. Um, so the opposite of how people imagine yeah. things come and, to be. It's, it's different than our, how our culture imagines you fix anything at all, which right. is some sort of pill. Right. I will, mm-hmm. uh, some people just say, how do you get ideas? How do you, and I'll like, they'll just want the most, like, do you have any thoughts? And, and I'll just, mm-hmm. how the only thought I have is to have a notebook and a pen in your car or near you. And when you have an idea, write it down and imagine if you just had one idea every day or every couple of days, man, a couple months from now, that's like 30 or 40 or 50 or 60 things. And it took you seven seconds a day. Um, you're sorting through a massive pile of stuff in three months with what, five, 10 seconds a day. Um, it's the buildup it's a long, slow buildup and it's so much more enjoyable that way. And if everything is sustainable, you'll actually probably end up making some things. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to take all of the, take the, the pressure and anxiety out of it, take taking the romanticism that like the lightning bolt hits and suddenly you present this thing. If a lightning bolt hits, and you produce something awesome, here's what will happen. Best case scenario, an editor, a director, a theater will then give you notes. Yeah. And Best case scenario. Yeah. And if it's real, and like the thing that you made is just awesome, all mm-hmm. that means is even more accomplished people may look at it and they'll have even <laughs> more <laughs> notes that will, rec- I just spent two weeks on 
a note from a literary agent of a theater in New York, mm-hmm. thinking through the one note she had on yeah. one section. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So let, let me, and do you take these notes seriously? Because I think this is another fantasy that people have that I'm going to make something it's going to be well-received. If I get any feedback, it's their fault. If they don't like something, it's their, their problem. It, this is my creative genius. Here it is. Just, I mean, do you take people's notes seriously? I take other people's creative genius seriously. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, and also when people say, well, what about if you don't like their note or what about, okay, welcome to how it actually works. Yeah. How it actually works is you have to make a decision about whether you're going like, let's say you got 10, 20 notes and 17 of them. You're like, that's a great note, but three of them you don't agree with mm-hmm. time to fight. Are on you those. going yeah. to push it back? Yeah. And ultimately you can't pass this off. And who do you work with? So you lots of discernment, mm-hmm. lots of wide open space to think it through. We're never in a rush. We wait for the people to partner with who are people we are aligned with. We ask tons and tons of questions. We ne- it's old softball rule. Do not swing at the first pitch. Mm-hmm, mm. um, I like this. Yeah. This is actually, show me a movie that's coming out this fall that was made in less time than the last 10 years. Mm. I, 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 that, that last dual Bennett, uh, Matt Damon movie, I think he first saw the book that movie is based on 10 years ago. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. like nothing great just magically happens. It's just, mm-hmm. so I, I, like, if you want a 10 song album, write 50 songs, like you, you do this cause you love it. And you just take little wax at it day after day. And if you just keep going 30 years in your friend, will ask you how many books you've written and you'll have to count. And like, that's, <laughs> it's just such a more quiet, humble it's way more fun than I thought it would be way more enjoyable and satisfying than I ever thought it would be. And way less about the stuff that I thought it was actually about. That's the place to end. Thanks, Rob.